Reverse Judgment Seat by Oksu Park, Good News Publishing House. Preface. We can say we never meet a foolish person in this world of flesh. The reason is that the wise man would be no more foolish by abandoning his foolishness, and if there is any foolishness person, he would never regard him as a fool since he is too short to understand he is foolish. Therefore, there is no one in the world who says that he is foolish. Only if anyone come to realize he is foolish, he can become a wise man being freed from foolishness. The most important thing in one's life of faith is to discover himself. Only after one could find his true being featured in the Bible, he can set up the right base for his faith in God. The people who did not have the chance to see his true image reflected in the Bible can see only the bright side of themselves, if only accordingly led him to think this way. Even though I have one or two minor mistakes and trivial sin, I should be all right in general aspects of my spiritual life. Thus he would be trying to correct this and that mistakes and situations occurred in his spiritual life and would never be trying to receive the overall treatment. The people who try to atone, stone the woman caught in adultery, the people who condemn Jesus in their judgment seats and the scribes and the priests are all the people who never discover themselves. Only if they could see their true images, they would be too shamed to condemn Jesus like the people who dropped the stone and departed from the woman taken in adultery. It means that we would be too busy with our spiritual problems to say anything about other people. The greatest work which the Bible can do to our hearts is to show our true image. That was why we can face up several of our own images in the story, like the lost son, the woman caught in adultery, and the Ananians and Sapphira. As I could be freed from my true features full of dirties, which I was able to discover through the 66 precious books of Old and New Testaments, I sincerely wish this book containing a few things that God showed to me will be a small help for the readers to discover their true images. I thank the Lord who allowed me to publish this book. Yours in Christ, Oksu Park, Representative Good News Mission. Reverse Judgment Seat by Oksu Park 2. Jacob's Curse God curses everything that does not belong to Christ. These two stories reveal some precious truths. Why did Isaac curse Esau? It was done not according to Isaac's original purpose, but according to God's will. Isaac recognized the deep providence of God that he would send Jesus Christ through Jacob's descendants and save the people through him. What then does his cruel cursing of Esau mean? It teaches us that everything that does not belong to Christ is cursed. In Genesis 49, Jacob utters the long words of blessing, even though he cursed some of his sons. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be, binding his foal into the wine, and his ass's colt unto the choice vine. Genesis 49, 10-11 His blessings of Judah was all about Jesus Christ. The reason why God blessed Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Judah was that, every, was that they were connected with Jesus Christ. Of course, they did not see the birth of Jesus Christ, but God blessed them. 
because Christ would be their descendant. Before his death, Jacob, who had lived by his own ways, discovered that Jesus Christ was the only hope. Finding that everything not related to Jesus, Christ is cursed. He blessed Judah, who belonged to Jesus Christ, and Joseph was typified in Christ. God blesses us only in Christ. There is nothing among God's works that have been accomplished outside Christ. In the first chapter of Ephesians, the verses in Christ are often found, and verse 3 says, Who, God, hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. God blesses us in Jesus Christ and manifests his will through Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is our only hope, joy, and boast. Only in him we can obtain true peace, joy, and rest. Only in him we can find genuine righteousness. So as everything outside, Christ is cursed, and what is in him appears glorious. Many people will come to him desiring his grace and blessing, but Satan has deceived many that they might not come toward Jesus only. But because many are mistaken that there is peace or rest or happiness outside Jesus, they struggle to obtain what has no relation with Jesus. In my ministry, I have thought it over concerning the esteeming of human beings, pastors or elders in the church. At first, I would unintentionally highly respect men. But I came to recognize that because Christ who works in us is actually despised when men are esteemed they cannot truly lead their life of faith in order to greatly esteem jesus christ all believers including the pastors must humble themselves in the church the most important thing to hear is god's voice not those in christ's body you should incline your ears even to the words of the younger if those words are from god Reverse Judgment Seat by Oak Sioux Park 1. Ephraim How does the fruit-bearing belief begin? After Joseph had become the governor of Egypt, his father Jacob went there and enjoyed his abundant and glorious life for 17 years. One day when Jacob was deadly ill, stricken by disease, Joseph brought his two beloved sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, to his father so that they could be blessed. He made his first son Manasseh sit on Jacob's right side and his second Ephraim on Jacob's left side, for he wanted his father to put his right hand on Manasseh's head and his left hand on Ephraim's while giving his blessing. Jacob, however, put his right hand on the latter's, his left hand on the former's, despite the fact his eyesight was dim. Joseph was not pleased and said, This ought not to be so, my father, for this one is a firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. I know, my son, I know. He also shall be a people, and he also shall be a great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations, responded Jacob. Refusing to follow jo jo Joseph's suggestion, this is the story of Genesis 48. There are many would-be Christians who say that they believe in God and do not bear any fruit. Many people try to pray and serve in church, but bearing fruit from the Holy Spirit is totally different from such apparent acts. 
joy that is the result of changed circumstances or the results of something that is your due is totally different from the rejoicing that you experience in the Holy Spirit in all of its fullness endurance by man's efforts is not the same as the forbearance of the Holy Spirit. Likewise, serving God by one's own decision or resolution is one thing, and being faithful to Him by the Holy Spirit is quite another. Before I was saved, I had struggled and strained to be a genuine believer, but I could not live up to it. I liked playing more than praying, and I liked reading worldly books more than I did the Bible. Studying for my future was easier than attending church services. When I got saved, however, I began to change, and I began to bear spiritual fruits, such as the nine fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I also bore the fruit of salvation, the fruit of my disciples, and the fruit of my children. God gave me one daughter and one son. I had to visit the local churches for the many gospel meetings. My wife had to accompany me to the fellowships and meet with the evangelists' wives, often leaving my children at home throughout their childhood. But they also experienced the forgiveness of sins through salvation in Christ Jesus. God blessed them like He blessed me, so that they could bear much spiritual fruit. How grateful I am! God filled my life and my family's life with these, His precious fruits. His wonderful answer to my prayers, my blessed children, and the abundant love, joy, goodness, etc. from the Spirit. Where then does this fruit-bearing life of faith come from? In the 37th chapter of Genesis, we can read the story about Joseph's dream. He was binding sheaves in his dream, and his sheaf rose and stood upright. His brother's sheaves stood all around and bowed down to his sheaf. When they heard Joseph's dream, his brothers hated him. He later dreamt another dream in which the sun, the moon, and eleven stars in heaven bowed down to him. His brothers were so furious that they told him to traitor, sold him to traitors. Being sold as a slave, he entreated them to help him, but also turned, but they turned their faces away from him. He was held captive by the hatred on their faces as they carried him away. He was tormented by the hatred and the spite that he felt towards his brothers. His day as a slave in Egypt were so bitter, but he was more affiliated by the flood of malice and resentment that he felt. Whenever he remembered his brother's evil's, evil doings, Joseph was later thrown into prison as a result of false charge made by Potiphar's wife, whose slave he had been. These unspeakable things were agony to him. He may have even blamed all of his sufferings on his brothers. Reverse Judgment Seat by Oak Suit Park 1. Ephraim When you recognize God's will After many years, he became the governor of Egypt, married, and gave birth to a son. Every remembrance of his father's house threw him into a trembling hatred and bitterness. However, he began to think his journey of life over from then until about the day of his son's birth. Now he finally became the governor, as he had dreamt long ago, of the bowing down of his brother's sheaves and the sun, the moon and the eleven stars. Now we recognize one truth. Aha! 
God has already decided to make me the governor of Egypt a long time ago. It was God's will to make me gather up all of the food for the seven years of abundance and deliver not only the Egyptians, but also my whole family out of starvation. It was for this purpose that I had to come to Egypt. We moved my brother's mines and made them sell me to the traders. The instant that he discovered this, all the malice and grudge that he had toward his brothers disappeared. So he called his son Manasseh. Manasseh means to forget. His testimony was that God made him forget all his toil and all that happened at his father's house. After one had experienced sadness or pain, he'll say, I won't remember, I'll forget. But can one really do this? Joseph's recognition of God's will change his mind from hatred and spite toward his brothers into a longing heart. Joseph gave to his second son, calling him Ephraim. It means fruitful, abundant in fruit. The two sons' names of Joseph, Manasseh and Ephraim, indicated that Ephraim is preceded by Manasseh. Manasseh, which means forgetting all the toil and spite, comes first, and then Ephraim, which means the blessed and abundant fruit life bearing life follows. How then does Manasseh come to us? Hebrews 10, 15 through 7 says, Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us, for after that he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. God does not remember our sins forever. Although his heart has been filled with the curse and indignation toward us, the sinful, he poured out all of the curse and all of his judgment on Jesus Christ on the cross. So he has no more reason to curse and judge us. And he does not remember our sins and our lawless deeds anymore. Just as all of the hatred and malice disappeared from Joseph's mind when he perceived God's will, all of curse and indignation toward us vanished. When God looks at the cross of Jesus Christ, that's why he promises in the Bible, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. From then on, Joseph began to miss his brothers instead of hating them, and he wholeheartedly desired to share and enjoy all of his glory and riches with his brothers. In this same way, all the desire for the punishment and judgment in God's heart toward us has disappeared because of Jesus Christ. Instead, blessings remain in his heart towards us. Trusting God is accepting his word. Accepting his word is receiving his heart. When we accept his word into our hearts, we will live according to God's heart, having the same heart as him. It's trusting that all of our sins were forgiven on the cross, as he says that he does not remember our sins anymore. Believing in someone means joining my heart with his when I hear him. Today, many people say that they believe in Jesus. However, they merely struggle to work hard for God, not allowing their hearts to be united with God's and thereby flow together. In order to assimilate this truth, we must first realize that all of our sins have been washed away and all remembrance of them has been blotted out of God's heart. Now, we will never find any record of our sins in any part of the heavenly kingdom, for they were erased the day when Jesus shed his blood on the cross. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions and as a cloud thy sins. Isaiah 44, 22.
Therefore, if you have the same attitude of heart as God, you will be able to enjoy His glory and joy, not being obsessed with your sin any longer. Reversed Judgment Seat by Oksu Park 1. Ephraim Ephraim after Manasseh How did Joseph obtain Ephraim? How can we leave, lead the fruitful bearing life of faith? Without Manasseh, you cannot obtain Ephraim. After Joseph realized God's will, he could be released from all his hatred toward his brothers and began to miss them with joy and gratitude. Likewise, after God saw Jesus Christ's death on the cross, he forgot all his indignation and the curse which had been in him up until then. Instead, he promised their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. All of our sins, which until then had been written in God's heart, were blotted out. What then do we have to do? We should live by faith, trusting that all of our sins are forgiven forever and follow God's will. Many people, however, still like to review the records of their sins and display them before God, confessing, No, I am a sinner. Being troubled by sin and submerged in sadness caused by sin is not the right way to live the life of faith. As Joseph was freed from hatred following the discovery of God's will, we can be liberated from all of the pain and sadness in our hearts by accepting his perfect will. In order to be released from the constant pain of sins, you have to recognize that all your sins have already been blotted out from God's heart. Instead of your continual struggle not to sin or confessing all of your past sins, because Jesus' blood covered all your sins, God calls you righteous. When faith toward the words of God comes into you, you, can be, you cannot be sad, painful, or bound by your sin. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2, verse 38. When you are forgiven of your sins, you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He shall abide in you. Thereafter, you can lead the life of Ephraim a life of abundant spiritual fruits. The bearing of spiritual fruits is not accomplished by our own efforts. The apple tree or the grapevine does not struggle and strain to bear its fruit. As they come to bear fruit in their time, we can naturally bear the spiritual fruit when the Holy Spirit enters and dwells within us. Without receiving Vanessa, Joseph would have remembered his brother's evil deeds and would, try, would have tried to get revenge against them. And he could not have led a life of bearing precious fruit, Ephraim. Manasseh's birth made him forget all his sad, painful, and fearful past, which he did not want to remember even in his dream. Thereafter, Ephraim was born and brought him to the life of abundant fruits. Likewise, in your life of faith, when all the records about your sin disappear by the cross, the Holy Spirit shall come into your heart, and you'll come to bear spiritual fruit regardless of your will. In the history of Christianity, every faithful servant of God, the Apostle Paul, Martin Luther, John Wesley, D.L. Moody, etc., could bear abundant spiritual fruit after being freed from sin and receiving the Holy Spirit. Without the Spirit's coming into you, you can never yield His fruit. However, much 
however much you struggle and strain to bear the fruit, you will live the miserable life of a barren tree. Because Jacob, Jacob wanted the blessing of abundant fruit to remain more than the condition of toil and effort, he blessed Ephraim more than Manasseh. The Bible proves that Ephraim's descendants actually multiplied more than Manasseh's. I hope every reader of this sermon will be able to yield abundant fruit abundantly the fruits of the Holy Spirit. How do you think you can lead such a life? As Manasseh was born, first of all, you have to experience the forgiveness of sin. After you are released from sin, you shall be able to enjoy the spiritual fruit. Reverse Judgment Seat by Oak Sioux Park 2. Jacob's Curse Jacob cursed his sons. Genesis ends with Jacob's death. In the Old Testament, God describes his will through many people. Joseph or David are types of Jesus Christ, but Jacob is selected by God to reveal plainly what a human being is like. In his life, we can discover every aspect of human nature, all the secular aspects, the love and compassion, etc., and even God's will. God desires to explain what is in man's mind and heart through Jacob, a most cunning person. In the 49th chapter of Genesis, Jacob blessed his 12 sons before his death, each one according to his portion. He, however, cursed some of his sons, not blessing them. To Reuben, his first son, Jacob said, Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, and defiledest thou, he went to my couch. Genesis 29, 3-4 Jacob might have forgiven his son's fault and forgotten it before death, but he rather cursed him because Reuben had gone up to his couch. We find he also cursed Simeon and Levi. Simeon and Levi are brethren, instruments of cruelty, are in their habitations. O my soul, come thou, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly, mine honor. Be not thou unit, unit, united for in their anger, they slew a man, and in their self-will they digged down a wall. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I, I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Genesis 49, 5-7 At first I wondered why Jacob had cursed some of his sons whom he had called to bless. Of course he blessed Judah and Joseph. This reminded me of Isaac's cursing of Esau whom he had wanted to bless. There was hidden a wonderful truth. Isaac planned to bless one of his sons so that he might be a forefather of Jesus Christ, which had been God's promise. Although he desired to bless Esau, his first son, he, however, strangely came to bless Jacob, the second one. When Esau returned and found that he could not be blessed, he pleaded with his father for the blessing, crying, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Bless me, even me also, O my father. In my opinion, he should have blessed his son, saying, You shall be healthy and rich. Instead, he cursed Esau, the one whom he had commanded to prepare savory food for a blessing. Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above, and by thy sword shalt thou live and shall serve thy brother. Genesis twenty-seven thirty-nine to 40 
Cursed Judgment Seat by Oksu Park. 2. Jacob's Curse To be justified by Jesus Christ's righteousness. Satan continually tries to delude our hearts about that which directs us toward Christ. We should obtain God's righteousness, not our own, in order to come to Him. Jesus said in Matthew 5, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Matthew 5, 6 To hunger after righteousnesses, Righteousness means that as the one who had starved for many days desires food, so you come to Jesus and plead with him for righteousness, because you have no true righteousness. And thus you can be satisfied with Christ's righteousness and come boldly to God as a righteous man. In spite of the fact that there is no other righteousness except Jesus Christ's, Satan deceives men and convinces them to come to God with their own righteousness, the result of their good works. Today, many say that they believe in Jesus, but they do not accept Jesus' righteousness. Instead, they try to come to God by leaning on their own righteousness, by prayer, obedience to God's word and the law. So when they assume that they are doing well before God, they approach God boldly. But when they know that they are doing bad or committing sin, they are afraid of standing before Him. For example, I am scheduled to make a trip for a few days and suddenly my car goes out of order, for it is too old. But if one of my friends had lent me his new car, I would not have worried about my broken down one anymore. Our righteousness is like the old broken down car, but <coughs> but Jesus' righteousness is like the new one. As I cannot travel on the dilapidated car, I borrow my friend's new car. Likewise, we come to God by Jesus' righteousness, because we cannot stand before him by our own righteousness. That is faith. It is regrettable, regrettable that many people still make an effort to repair their broken down righteousness not trusting only on Jesus. If it is impossible to mend my car, I would get in my friend's car. If I can use the former one by doing little repairing, however, I would want to use my car. Likewise, when a man's righteousness looks good and seems to have some possibilities, he struggles and strains to establish his own righteousness, not wanting to put on Jesus's. During the Lord Jesus' days in this world, the blessed were those who had no righteousness. They were not the only people of good works, but rather killers, adulterers, prostitutes, etc. As Jacob cursed some of his sons, and likewise Isaac did, Esau, everything that did not belong to Jesus Christ should be cursed. It is because a peace not given by Jesus hides the peace given by Jesus, and the holiness that comes not from Jesus conceals his holiness. So they force men to follow the imperfect peace or holiness. The providence of God is to curse every joy or satisfaction or happiness not given by Jesus Christ. Isaac and Jacob, who recognized God's will, cursed their sons concerning the things not related with Jesus Christ. Even though they love them, we are easily satisfied even with something that does not come from Jesus. If it seems good and similar to the word of God, but God does not look at one's outward goodness or righteousness or holiness, but examines inwardly whether it is from Jesus Christ or from human origin. 
It is written in Romans 10:3, For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Many people are deceived by Satan and pour their hearts into worldly things because they seem beautiful. They don't care about God's will. Proverbs 14:12 speaks of such a person. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Today, Satan deludes the right religious so that they make an effort to follow that word of God. But, however, they struggle. The rewards of men's effort are curse and death. In order to possess true faith, your righteousness shall, should be broken down and your goodness should be cursed. When your good works or the beautiful things that come from you are revealed as false, you can finally understand that there is no goodness nor beauty in you. From that time on, you can look to the perfection of Jesus Christ and put on his righteousness. God does not want you not to. God does not want you not to do good, but he wants you to recognize through, through, thoroughly that there is no righteousness in, in you as the word. There is none righteousness, no, not one. Romans 3.10 Those who discover that they have no righteousness do not seek to establish their own righteousness any longer. Instead, they only lean on Jesus Christ. The providence of God is making us deny everything that belongs to us and highly esteems only Jesus Christ so that we may seek the righteousness, holiness, and happiness only given by Christ. I desire every reader to be freed from Satan's will. Will you today deny yourself by recognizing that your righteousness, goodness, or holiness is false and accept, it, accept everything given by Jesus Christ through faith? Then you will become the blessed children of God. Reverse Judgment Seat by Oak Sioux Park 3. The Forbidden Fruit and the Fruit of the Tree of Life Two Disciples Traveling to Emmaus In the 24th chapter of Luke, Two of Jesus' disciples were traveling to a village called Emmaus on the same day that Jesus was resurrected. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about three score furlongs. And they took, talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that which they commanded together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. Luke 24, 13-6 They were escaping from Jerusalem to Emmaus, but Jesus was actually walking with them. Even though they talked with him on the way, they did not know who he was, because their eyes were restrained. When Jesus asked them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another, as ye walk and are sad? Luke 24, verse 17. Clepis answered and said to him, Art thou a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? Luke 24, verse 18. They had to flee in sadness and fear because they did not know that Jesus, Jesus had already resurrected. They had become too dull and blind in their hearts to believe that he was alive. 
Even though they had heard that he was alive, and even when they looked at him with their eyes, they were still too blind to recognize him. But the Lord pitied them and wanted to open their spiritual eyes while walking with them. When he went in to stay with them and sat at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. Instantly their eyes were opened and they knew him, perceiving that Jesus had been resurrected. So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem to bear witness to his resurrection. Our thoughts are usually formed by what we see and hear, and faith is accomplished in our hearts. So, we, so what we see greatly influences our life of faith to an extreme. Unless you can recognize what you see, however, you will be most unfortunate. Jesus surely had eyes with which he could see these those things which we cannot. You can often read the verse that Jesus saw their faith in all four Gospels of New Testament. In the second chapter of Mark, two men uncovered the roof where Jesus was and let down the bed bed that the paralytic was laying upon. Jesus saw their faith and said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you, but some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus with themselves. Because the Lord had eyes which enabled him to see what the disciples couldn't, and because he had a heart which made him know what they couldn't, his thoughts were entirely different from their thoughts, even though they ate, slept, and walked together. When did he open scriptures to them and teach them with miracles and signs? He, he did this in order to make their spiritual eyes become, become bright and to help them to see the invisible world which they could never see with their physical eyes. In the same way, he earnestly desires us to shed the visi visible, physical, and secular worlds and to advance toward the wonderful world of God. He scolded his disciples, Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Once he said to his disciples in the boat, Take heed, beware of the leaven, leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of the Herod. Mark 8.15 But they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we had no bread. Mark 8 verse 16 The Lord, being aware of it, said to them, Why reason ye because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand. Have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes, see ye not. And having ears, hear ye not. And do ye not remember, when I broke the five loaves among five thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And when the seven among four thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? How is it that ye do not understand? Mark eight seventeen through 21 First Judgment Seat by Oksu Park 3. The Forbidden Fruit and the Fruit of the Tree of Life The eyes to see faults become open. When Adam and Eve ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, their eyes were open. Genesis 3, 6, and 7. But they were open toward the wrong direction. It was their nakedness that they saw as soon as their eyes were open. They had never seen it before, but now their eyes were open to see the shame of nakedness by having eaten the forbidden fruit.
Adam and Eve, who found their own shameful nakedness, began to do something new, covering themselves with the fig leaves. They became busy. They became busy trying to hide their sinful bodies. Before having eaten the forbidden fruit, they had never been ashamed of their nakedness. So they had not needed to sow the fig leaves in order to cover themselves. But now the things were different. Not having the eyes to see our faults with, even if we had committed sin, we would still be able to come to God boldly. But human beings who had committed the sin of eating the forbidden fruit could not live in fear and feel a twinge of guilt. I often think if Adam and Eve hadn't eaten the of the fruit, forbidden fruit, their eyes all at once being able to see their shameful nakedness would not have been opened, and they would not have been able to see their own faults. Although they sinned before God, they would have been able to come to Him boldly. The fourth chapter of Leviticus says, "And if any one of the common people sin through ignorance." While he doeth somewhat against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which ought not to be done, and be guilty, or if his sin which he hath sinned come to his knowledge, then he shall bring his offering, a kid of the goats, a female without blemish. Leviticus four twenty-seven and eight. It is all about the sin offering. Why is our sin a problem? It is because sin blocks our way toward God. If we did not recognize the sin was evil, even after committing it, we would be able to come to Him boldly. Do the animals, dogs, cats, or chickens feel the pricks of conscience when they commit adultery, or steal something, or kill their neighbors? Never. As far as human beings are concerned, the forbidden fruit revealed our sin and closed the door of our heart toward God. God did not even mention their sin, but they feared God and hid themselves from God. The forbidden fruit stirred up human beings' conscience, consciences and opened up their eyes to see their dirty sin. In the end, the wisdom to know good and evil did nothing but make them unable to come to God. In the Garden of Eden, the serpent Satan could have deluded Adam and Eve into committing other sin. Why then did he make them eat of all of the things in the world, the forbidden fruit? His purpose was to make them behold their sin, having a burden toward God and being far away from God. Until Adam and Eve had eaten the forbidden fruit, they were not able to recognize their own faults and did not hide to themselves from God in fear. Instead, they come; they could come to Him without any burden and put on His grace. The pricks of conscience caused by our sin. Rather than sin itself remains in our hearts and blocks our way toward Him, because we are never able to stand before God without first solving the problem of our sins. Jesus washed all of our sins away for us by His blood on the cross. Furthermore, the Lord had to wash away the sins of our conscience, which hinders our coming boldly to God, unless our consciousnesses can perceive the fact. That he died on the cross to wash away all of our sin, we can never come to him boldly, unless your conscious conscience is released from the burden of your sin, and you will stay away from the grace of salvation, even when you know that Jesus forgave all of your sin on the cross. Reverse Judgment Seat by Oksu Park. Three, the forbidden fruit and the fruit of the tree of life. You should eat the fruit of the tree of life. 
The tree of life was also with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the midst of the garden of Eden. Genesis 2.9 If Adam and Eve ate the fruit of the tree of life instead of the forbidden one, their eyes would have opened toward the spiritual world. The tree of life symbolizes Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ has the eyes with which he can see the spiritual world. We do not. If Adam and Eve had eaten the fruit of the tree of life, they would have been able to see the spiritual world just like the Lord can. So their thoughts could have flowed in the same direction as the Lord's. In Isaiah 55 verse 8, it is written, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Just as we do not see the world that God beholds, but look only at the physical world, our thoughts cannot be fundamentally different from God's. I thought that the biggest problem that occurred with was when our thoughts became different from God's. Abraham has struggled to bear a son according to his own plan until he discovered God's will. But then he recognized that God's will was to give him a son, and that he would send the Lord Jesus Christ through Abraham's seed to save all mankind. From that time on, Abraham forsook his own way. Instead, by faith, he began to wait for the Son whom the Lord would bestow upon him. For ignorance of God's world causes us to follow our own ways in the life of faith. Our unbelief in God's work forces us to strain ourselves to accomplish certain things. Living life in such a worldly way leads us to live a sinful life and causes us to be far from God. When you eat the fruit of life, Jesus Christ, your thoughts and eyes become focused upon the world of Jesus Christ. So naturally, you come to resemble Jesus Christ. If our thoughts are the same as Jesus, we need not strain and struggle to accomplish things. When our thoughts are God's will and His thoughts are our will, we can lead the blessed life because He accomplishes our desires. After I got saved and the Holy Spirit came into me, He wonderfully transformed my thoughts and my world. Before I got saved, the Bible always seemed to command me to do something and not to do another thing. When Jesus Christ came into me through faith and the forgiveness of my sin, however, it looked entirely different. Before I had been soaked into the words of the law to do something, but now I discover that Jesus himself have already achieved everything. I had no works to do. The only work I had to do was to praise him and appreciate him for what he had done. Reverse Judgment Seat by Oak Sioux Park 3. The Forbidden Fruit and the Fruit of Life In Order to Be Washed from All Sins In the 8th chapter of John, the woman who had been caught in adultery was forgiven of her sins, and in the ninth chapter, a person who has been born blind was healed. These stories indicate that when we experience the forgiveness of sin, our spiritual eyes are open. By being forgiven of sins and receiving Jesus Christ into our hearts, we can have Jesus' sight and see the new world. Our opinion, our thinking, and our life is transformed. Only that then we are able to take after and live like Christ. Adam and Eve should have eaten the fruit of the tree of life, but unfortunately they ate the forbidden fruit. Now because they committed not because they committed sin, God has placed a flaming sword to guard the way to the tree of life. Because we have been washed from all of our sins through the blood of Jesus. 
our eyes have been opened toward the spiritual world. The same is true when eating the fruit of life. The two disciples who were escaping to Emmaus did not recognize Jesus in his resurrected state. They were still fearful and concerned, even though they were walking with Jesus and they discovered the resurrected Jesus, however, they began to witness the Lord without any fear or care. As for us, our fears and cares are caused by the spiritual blindness that makes us ignorant of the Lord who works for us. When we believe that we should solve all of our problems for ourselves without recognizing that He can work them out, we cannot but be scared and troubled. The Lord's toil enabled the disciples' eyes to become open and recognize Him. So they turned away from God to Emmaus and returned to Jerusalem to be faithful witnesses for the gospel. The Lord Jesus Christ earnestly wants to open your spiritual eyes. When you're washed as white as snow from all your sins by God's grace, Jesus Christ, the tree of life, comes into our heart. If Adam and Eve had eaten the fruit of the tree of life, their eyes would have been illuminated at that time. But now men can possess Jesus Christ's eyes, thought, and heart by accepting him, the tree of life. When we advance with Jesus' heart, we shall be able to glorify and please God. Just as the Lord opened the eyes of the two disciples who were going to Emmaus today, He continued to do many things that illuminate the eyes of men. I praise Him for having opened the spiritual eyes of many people through the great assemblies, the gospel meetings and conferences over the years. My earnest desire is for everybody to enjoy these blessed days like them. judgment seat by oak Sioux park four in order to become one with jesus he who believes in me though he may die he shall live when martha had received jesus who came to raise lazarus from the dead she said if thou hadst been here my brother had not died john eleven twenty one. jesus said your brother will rise again i know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day responded Martha. She had seen Jesus heal such sick people as the lepers, the blind, the lame, etc., and she believed that Jesus healed all kinds of disease. Her brother could surely have recovered instead of dying, if Jesus had remained there. But she did not know one thing besides his having the healing powers. Jesus himself is the life and the resurrection. She was ignorant of the natural truth that when one departs from Jesus, the resurrection and the life, he is caught by death, and when he reunites with him, he can be alive. She only knew that Jesus could heal the sick. She did not know the Jesus who is the resurrection and the life. So he said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? John 11:25 and 26. What then does belief mean? What is the belief that enables the dead or resurrect and those who possess it to live forever? The 11th chapter of John wants us to teach us this belief. Not only Christians, but unbelievers also like to say, I believe. But there is a great difference between the word belief in the Bible and the word belief in the world. 
People call a person trustworthy when they are sure that he is honest and faithful, providing them in fellowship. On the contrary, they call the liar or the evildoer untrustworthy. The word believe is usually used in the same way. The faith, however, and the Bible have a special power differently from the belief that is used by the worldly people. Although I believe that someone is rich, I cannot be influenced by his wealth. However firmly I believe that he is rich, I cannot possess his richness. But the word of Jesus, I am the resurrection and the life, he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live, means that the power of the resurrection and the life of Jesus are given to those who believe in him. Judgment Seat by Oak Sioux Park. 4. In order to become one with Jesus. Those who believe Jesus after looking at miracles. In the 11th chapter of John, many Jews came to counsel Mary and Martha at the death of Lazarus. Hearing that Jesus came, Mary, who sat with them, arose quickly and came to meet him. They thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there, and they followed her. When they found Jesus there, however, they said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Groaning in himself, Jesus said, Take away the stone. He made the dead Lazarus live, arise from the tomb before the Jews. Many Jews then witnessed with their eyes that Jesus resurrected Lazarus. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had, been, had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. John 11:45 and 46. Many Jews who had seen what Jesus did believed in him, but some of them told the Pharisees about what he had done. And they gathered and said, If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and nation. Having come to that conclusion they planned to kill Jesus. The Jews who saw Jesus made the dead Lazarus arise from the tomb were divided into two groups. One believed Jesus and the other began to defy him. Did not the Jews then who participated in the council of killing Jesus believe in him? Of course not, but they firmly believed that Jesus resurrected Lazarus because they witnessed it. Are the Jews then who believe that Jesus resurrected Lazarus from the dead called believers? They are not. Because they witnessed that Jesus resurrected the dead Lazarus, they firmly believe the fact, but they did not trust Jesus himself. They rather cooperated with those who defied him and tried to kill him. In the story about the rich man and Lazarus, the beggar in Luke 16, the rich man said to Abraham, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him, Lazarus, to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them, responded Abraham. The rich man said, No, Father, Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. Abraham said, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded through one rise from the dead. Many people want to see the signs and miracles in order to believe Jesus. Those things only help us to understand how wonderful Jesus' power is, but they cannot give us belief. 
we have advanced according to our own thoughts. Faith is not understanding. Faith is to unite my heart to the fact I that I believe. Thus, to believe Jesus is to unite with him. Although someone believes that Jesus healed the sick, resurrected the dead, and healed the demon-possessed, this is not the proof that he believes Jesus himself. Many Jews who witnessed that the dead Lazarus was resurrected firmly believed the fact that Jesus did it, but they defied him instead of trusting him. To believe Jesus is to unite with him, so we must see Jesus' heart in the Bible in order to believe him. Faith is to see his heart in the Bible, it is to give up my own thoughts and unite with him in the verse. In the verse, I am resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall live. John chapter 11 verse 25. He that believeth in him means the one who became one with Jesus, as he is the life. Becoming one with him means possessing his life, and as he is resurrection, becoming one with him implies experiencing the resurrection. Today, however, many people misunderstand and think that believing in his works is faith. Believing his works is easy, but uniting with him is not. You must forsake all your thoughts and empty your heart in order to untie with him, unite with him. Many people do not try to unite with Jesus. Instead, they believe the facts that he did many works, good works, was crucified, resurrected the dead, and healed the sick. They, however, are not men of faith. Reverse Judgment Seat by Oak Sioux Park 4. In order to become one with Jesus without denying oneself. In the 11th chapter of John, Lazarus died because he was away from Jesus. In the very same way, he could be resurrected by being visited by him. The wandering of our thoughts according to our own desire brings about spiritual death to us. But denying ourselves and uniting ourselves with Jesus enables us to acquire his life and become one with him. But as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. John 1.12 This verse teaches us the definite meaning of faith. Let us think about as many as received him even to them that believed on his name. Believing Jesus is receiving him into our hearts. Since we have been controlled by Satan for a long time and our wills and thoughts are absolutely different from God's, we must abandon our own thoughts in order to receive Jesus into our hearts. But people hate to give up themselves, so they perceive Jesus' works but don't want to receive him into their hearts. As most people do not want to deny themselves and submit themselves to Jesus, they try to accept only what they agree to follow only what is fit for their hearts among Jesus' words, and obey only what is profitable for them. Such people regard Jesus as a tool to esteem themselves, not excite exalting him. True faith is to break down yourself. Why? For exalting Jesus Christ. You first should find that you have spent your life in vain and in wickedness until now. Recognize how evil you are and deny yourselves thoroughly in order to esteem him. 
Today, many people who say that they believe Jesus try to make Jesus Christ and themselves coexist in their hearts. They accept the words in the Bible when they are fit and profitable for their hearts, but reject them when they cannot understand them or they seem to lead them to some difficulties. That is not true faith. Jesus cannot work in their hearts. We cannot accept, expect his work, his we cannot accept, expect his power to work in them. Reverse Judgment Seat by Oksu Park 4. In order to become one with Jesus. The faith that makes us become one with Jesus. As Lazarus died when he stayed away from Jesus and he resurrected by being visited by Jesus, we die spiritually when we are far from him and we can revive when we become one with him by faith. Our own thoughts and opinions should be broken so that we may become one with him. If Jesus' heart is separate from yours, Jesus and you are not one, but are separate. So his life and resurrection have nothing to do. When Jesus and you become one, you have possesses his life and holiness. You can have his righteousness and power. If you accept only what is right in your thought, but reject what seems to be unprofitable for you, it proves that Jesus and you are still separate. Those who had seen the dead Lazarus resurrect went to the Pharisees and counseled to kill Jesus. All those that were there that were with with them were not the ones who believed Jesus. They, however, firmly believe the fact that Jesus has resurrected Lazarus. Believing some parts of Jesus and accepting only what is profitable for oneself is not true faith. Believing Jesus is abandoning our own thoughts and is receiving Jesus' thoughts. Instead of being separate from Jesus, you have to empty your heart and become one with him. You should not allow the heart which is different from Jesus to come into you anymore. When you become one with the Lord, your heart shall be the same with his heart and you shall be able to be led by his will. If you are separate from him, and you will follow him when it seems to be profitable for you, but you won't when it does not. You will abandon Jesus and go your way. Even though so many people say that they like Jesus, they do not become one with him because their own thoughts are still alive. The Lord desires you to give up yourself and accept him by finding that he is holy and righteous and more precious and powerful than you. That is the faith he wants you to possess. With this faith, you can become one with him and have all of his possessions and stand boldly before God because of his righteousnesses alone.